You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Heyo, it's episode 176 of the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast. Thank you to my Patreon patrons for supporting the show, keeping us on the air, and making all of those past episodes available to everybody all the time for free. And also, thank you to GameAt.eu for doing the same and supporting the show. Go over to their website, check them out. Um, they also sell STL files now, which is pretty cool, so if you've got a printer, jump on that. And what are we talking about tonight? Well, we cover a conversation I had with a listener named Jimmy, and we were discussing what our favorite unit in the game, like unit type, like biker, hero, psyker, whatever. And I discussed that. It really got me thinking, and I had to do some soul searching for it. We also are doing a Want That or Want That Not with the new Orc Defcoptas. Whether or not you should buy them, are they good models? Is it overpriced? I don't know. You'll find out in that segment. And we also have a letter from Richard, and he's asking, what is the point of Grey Knight Paladins? And I have to answer him as best as I am able to. Well, in other news, it seems like I'm mostly done with the Rona, and my family is doing fine. Everybody's good. So that's good. Um, what have I done this week? Um, well, I went to the club. I was still wearing, you know, mask and all that, but I was, I was well past the quarantine time. So I went to the club, played some Warhammer, and um, I played against the friend, my friend TJ, and I just took the models that I wanted for Imperial Guard, and both of us agreed on using stratagems, but we didn't want to do secondaries. Matter of fact, what we did was we made up our own secondaries. One of them was Slay the Warlord, you got 10 extra points for killing the Warlord, and then um, each of our deployment zone objectives were worth 10 instead of 5 each turn, that's what we did. And uh, we had a really really good game. He took Grey Knights, which I knew I was going to have a slight advantage to begin with, because Grey Knights don't have a lot of anti-tank, and all I did was tank tanks. I took all seven of my Lehman Russes that I own, or is it five? I think it's five Lehman Russes, and a Manticore, and a bunch of stuff, and um, I have almost none of my troops painted, so I didn't bring any troops, and uh, I brought one squad, and I took a Valkyrie, which I never bring, because I don't think they're very good, and um, I just... I just brought exactly what I wanted, and he brought what he wanted, and I deployed first, and I told him I'd get first turn automatically, and um, that way he would know for certain to hide from my tanks for the first turn, and I was trying to make it a little more even for him, and uh, I started out with a big lead in the beginning of the game, but he was doing a lot of mortal wounds to me, and uh, with hammer hands and some other stuff in the falchions, he was wounding my toughness eight tanks on fours, which is pretty good. And he was doing a lot of mortal wounds in close combat, or uh, extra hits maybe it was, I don't recall. And um, it, it started out with me having like a 30-point lead, and then by the end of the game, I only had a 10-point lead. In the last two turns, he really ramped up the score, and um, he had a hard time starting because I moved up first turn, planted on all these objectives, and then I was also well spread out because he had two deep striking units, so I, of course, wanted to, den to deny him the deep striking, and um, I did that until I goofed a little in one of my corners and gave him just enough room to move, but uh, it was funny. He deep strike a hero, and I go, and destroy it. Deep strike a hero, destroy it. I was like, ha-ha, 
It was very fun. We also played it in like two hours. It was a very, very quick game, 1,500 points, but I had a lot of fun, and if he would have had one more turn, he definitely, he had like seven models on the field, and I had four or five models on the field. We didn't have much left at all. So it was a very fun game, and uh, just another example that you can enjoy this game, tweak it to however you want, and you don't have to follow all the meta. You don't have to follow all the stuff that you don't want. Basically, all rules in Warhammer, except in a tournament, are mutable. If you guys both agree on it, then you're just going to mute that rule and don't use it. So I complain about the complexity of this game a lot of times, but by golly, that was a really fun game, and we did not allow it to be overcomplicated. So, um, what else? I've been doing a lot of brutality um, writing on the new career mode, a lot of brutality writing on the brutal space. I was stuck at home for more than a week, you know, the whole quarantine and all that, so... I did a ton of, I was playing two or three games a day of Brutal Space, playing through all the different missions and um, playtesting stuff, and I'm trying to figure out how to make squatting work. I want you to be able to squat up some of the smaller ships to make a unit, which would be cool, and they can break them off as you see fit. And um, so that's, that's basically it. Um, that's what I've been up to. So let's get on with the rest of the show. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. Hey, it's the Tesseract mailbox, and today we have a letter at pimpcron at gmail.com with two Ps, and it comes from Richard. Let's see what he has to say. Hello, Mr. Cron. You mentioned in one of your episodes that you play Grey Knights. I am just starting out with Grey Knights, bought two full strike teams, some named hero, Stern, I think, a Dread Knight, and a Rhino from a buddy for very cheap. I have been looking at the Codex, and I'm not seeing a reason to take Paladins. Can you clarify that for me? Also, what is the model difference between Terminators and Paladins? They seem to be the same model. How do you tell the difference? I apologize for the noob questions, but you mentioned the other day that you needed emails, so I thought this would be a good topic. Probably simple answers, but like I said, I'm new. Richard. Well, thank you very much for writing in, Richard. I greatly appreciate it. So let's start with the difference between Paladins and Terminators. Number one, they used to have two different wound stats. They used to have three wounds for Paladins and two wounds for Terminators. That is no longer the case now that Terminators have three wounds. So that used to be a buff they had. It no longer is. Essentially, all of the Grey Knights have the same... War gear. They can take falchions. They can take um, the halberds, the falchions, the power swords, all of that. They can all take that same stuff. The difference comes between the paladins and the terminators is that the paladins can take two special weapons, and um, I'm not. I don't recall whether or not that increases when you take more of them, but I know they can take two special weapons, and the terminators can only take one special weapon. So that's one minor difference. The paladins also, if you look closely. Uh, what you're going to find is the difference between these two units is very subtle, so you're going to have to really study both data sheets. And the Paladins get a third attack, where the Terminators just get two, and they've got Leadership 8, where the Terminators are just Leadership 7. And then probably the biggest difference between them is that Terminators are stuck with whatever power they normally get. You know how all the units, it'll say, oh, they know Hammer Hands, or they know Astral Aim, or they know whatever. Well... 
the Terminators are stuck with, it might be Hammerhands, I don't recall which one it is, but the Paladins get to choose whatever power they want of the Sanctic Powers, which can be very, very helpful. That, coupled with the two special weapons you can give them, can really um, make them more versatile, and they can fill out a slightly different role than what you're used to in, with the Terminators. So that would be the biggest deal there. And um, I have a friend, TJ, that uses Paladins a lot. He just loves Paladins. And uh, he uses them to good effect as far as giving them different powers and things like that. And um, they can just, like I said, fill out different roles. Grey Knights don't have a lot of units to choose from. They don't get aggressors. They don't get any of the Primaris stuff. They don't get um, any of the new vehicles or anything like that. So they're stuck with all of the old stuff. So you don't have... I mean, you do have interceptors, which are basically jump troops. But you don't have jump troops. You don't have a bunch of things that you normally would. You don't have bikers. You don't have any of that. So it's really good when you can pick one of your units like Paladins and actually give them a battlefield role that actually does something different than the other things. Because... Grey Knights, a lot of times, seem very foot-sloggy. Like, it's just a bunch of people on the ground, and, you know, I mean, they might be in vehicles or whatever, but there's not a lot of, like, hard-hitting artillery. Even the heavy weapons squads for the... Is it Purgation squads? Purifier? That's no, not Purifier squads. Anyway, I think it's Purgation squads. The Purgation squads are still anti-infantry. You have very little anti-tank, anti-vehicle in your list. Um, so it is helpful to be able to change at least one of your units and give them a different power. Previous to this codex, you could always give everybody different powers, but eh, I kind of like this is a little more simple. You know what each unit does, and you can pick different units that have different powers. But the Paladins are definitely a multi-tool for your army. As for the Paladin and Terminator models, you are correct. They are the same exact model. I think that's a little cheap on their end, but basically the only difference is if you're taking paladins, you attach the little sword and book to their back. If you go on the website, you'll see that the paladins have this little like sword stuck in their backpack with a book or something like that, and the terminators do not. That is the only difference between the two units physically. Um, there might be like some little purity seal BS or something like that, but it seems to me like dressing up as a paladin for Halloween for the Terminators would be like one of those throw-on costumes. It's like, ah, fine, I'll stab a book to my backpack. There, fine, I'm dressed up for the Halloween party. I feel like that would be one of the go-to. Or maybe the paladins do the same thing. They just rip off their sword and book, and they're like, huh, going as a Terminator now, tee-hee. I feel like that's probably the deal. Anyway, hopefully I answered your questions, and good luck with Grey Knights. I think they're in a much better position than they used to be. They're still not, like, top tier or anything like that, and they could have been helped a bit with some Primaris stuff, but oh well, what do you do? So, thank you for writing in, Richard. I appreciate it. You guys can reach me at pimpcron with two Ps at gmail.com or, or facebook.com slash pimpcron with one P. And that is it for the Tesseract Mailbox this week. Let's get on with the rest of the show. Want that or want that not? Hey, listen up, everybody. It's Want That or Want That Not with the Pimp Crown, and today we're discussing Defcoptas. Yes, they finally updated Defcoptas, and yes, I know they did it a little while ago, but shut up. It's $60 for three Defcoptas. Are these Defcoptas worth it? Well, 
the old Defcoptas from Assault on Black Reach. So here's here's the backstory. Here's the backstory. Up until just a few months ago, they were selling the old metal Defcoptas still on their website. And it was ridiculous. Those things were probably more than 20 years old. They were stupid looking and just plain terrible. And the Defcoptas from Assault Black on Black Reach were monopose and all that but they were really good looking defcoptas and for ages that's what people including myself i used to run 12 defcoptas um people including myself ran defcoptas and that's what they used for them was the assault on black reach ones no one bought the old metal crappy ones so personally i think they should have just allowed the assault on black reach ones to be sold separately and they did do that a little bit with the, um, they were box sets they would sell like in Barnes and Noble of like easy assemble, hey, get into 40k boxes. And they sold a bunch of Assault on Black Reach stuff. They also sold um, some bikers, I think, and some other stuff. It was all easy build, but they did sell the Defcoptas. So they have definitely sold a bunch of those Assault on Black Reach Defcoptas. So kind of, why Ray make them now? I mean, these models look perfectly fine. They're they're pretty. They more or less look like the old Assault on Black Reach Defcoptas, pretty much. Same body style, slapped together, skids, you know, missiles in front, all of that. The um, Everything's slapped together in Orky, just like you'd expect. $60 for three of these is, in my opinion, fine, because Defcoptas are much more like land speeders than they used to be. Uh, Defcoptas used to be more like jet bikes, and now they've got um, quite a few more wounds. I forget how many. Six wounds or something, and now they're more like land speeders. So, $60 for three of these is totally fine. It looks like you've got quite a bit of customization on them. I like them. They've got some cute little touches like uh, missiles at the end of the blades of one of them and one guy's holding a, a knife and they've got some, some unique masks and things like that so that's all pretty cool I like it um, is this worth buying if you already have the assault on black reach ones absolutely not like zero percent worth it now I'm willing to bet you can probably change out these rockets yes you can change out the tip of the flyer for all the different weapon options that it gets. And that, my friend, is actually worth it. Because um, the Assault on Black Reach ones only came with rockets. That's all they came with. You had no choice because they were monoposed. So people like me would cut the rockets out and put big shooters and all that. Which is totally fine. And if you've already done that, do not buy this box set. If you like Defcoptas, then I think this is a perfectly reasonable price. $60 for three of them. Uh, that's basically what the old ones were going for anyway on eBay. It was like 20 or 25 bucks each. And, um, that's why I sold all of mine. I, I had about 20 Defcoptas and I sold all of them. And I didn't know this, but the old Pimp Crons got some intuition. Would you believe that I sold my entire Orc army before they released all the Beast Naga stuff and the new Defcoptas and all of that? I sold it all. So I was happy to get rid of that at the premium prices versus uh, premium used prices instead of, you know, now, oh, no one wants these old boys. Guess what, buddy? I sold all my boys. So um, I am happy I jumped ship before that happened. But anyway, these are totally serviceable. I like them. They're GW quality. They look good. They're cute. Whatever. They got some character to them. But 
they are really no better than the Assault on Black Reach ones. So if you're going to buy these Defcoptas, or going to buy Defcoptas, you're in the market to buy Defcoptas, then I would go on eBay and see how much the Assault on Black Reach ones are going for. If they're going for less than $20 a piece, which is what these are, they just buy the Assault on Death, Death uh, Black Reach ones. Because this is just like 5 or 10% better than the Black Reach ones. And the Black Reach ones, you can still customize. It's not a big deal. So that is a... I guess that's a want that for me. It's a very, very lukewarm want that. Because all the reasons I just said. It's not a terrible price, though. All right, well, let's get on to the next segment. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. Welcome to Real Talk with the Pimpcron, and today is just a little bit of an opinion piece, and I was talking to one of our listeners named Jimmy, and Jimmy and I, it really wasn't enough for a Tesseract Mailbox, but we were messaging back and forth, and he was asking me what my favorite unit type is because he loves bikes so much. He said there's a ton of different benefits to bikes, the higher toughness, the faster movement, the extra attacks, the double shots usually if you're talking about Space Marine bikes. He just loves bikes. He thinks they're the best unit in the entire game. Um, then he asked me what my favorite unit of the game was. And I really had a hard time with that question because there are so many unique, interesting things in Warhammer. There's so many different types of units. And I would have to agree with him that bikers are pretty darn cool. Part of it is the rule of cool. How cool does the model look? Part of it is, is it viable on the tabletop? You know, there's some units like conscripts for imperial guard which are kind of very meh especially with the nerfs that they got and um then there's some units that are just oh my god they're so awesome so it's really hard to pinpoint one single unit that i love the most but there's a couple things there's a couple reasons why i eventually came to my conclusion and my conclusion is that i love monsters and even though a Dreadnought is a vehicle, technically, it is still a monster to me. It's something with arms and legs and can run over there and punch you in the head and all of that. And the reason why I got... I had to do some soul searching for this because this is such a weird question. Like, what's your favorite unit? I don't know. I like them all pretty much. But Dreadnoughts and Carnifexes and Molochs and Demon Princes and Satan... And all of those things, even like the uh, Riptides, and I know I'm getting a little into the bigger monsters, but still, all of those things are just so cool to me. Of course, they're not all created equal. I mean, they all have different war gear, different price points, and all that, and I have fi found it very hard to find a reason for a Moloch basically in three editions. Molochs used to be pretty good when they were the template when they came up, and now they're just kind of mad. I'm hoping with the new Tyranid book they'll do something. But, um, one of my personal favorites is the Satan. I've loved the Satan always. I've had a Nightbringer since I first started Warhammer back in uh, 11 years ago, something like that, 12 years ago. And, um, and Carnifexes. Carnifexes are my bread and butter. I love Carnifexes. I've always loved them, and I think they're pretty good. I mean, I don't think they're out, outrageous or anything, but the minute that they allowed, uh, what was it? Unforged? Un what was it in 6th edition when you could just take whatever uh, detachment you wanted? 
unbound. It was unbound by any sort of um, uh, force organizational chart. And the minute they did unbound, I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to go buy 12 Carnifexes. Like, that's just that's just what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy 12 Carnifexes, and I'm going to run an all-Carnifex unit army, and you're going to like it. And I even knew back then that Carnifexes were not going to be some sort of crazy awesome thing. I knew that. But they are intimidating, which actually leads me to the first point I want to make about monsters. They are intimidating. You could take the same number of points of Marines or any any infantry, any infantry in the world, clump them together, the same number of points, it might even end up being more wounds than, let's say, a Carnifex or Demon Prince or whatever. But the monster looks so cool and looks so imposing. And especially since 8th edition, monsters are much better than they used to be because they get multiple attacks and all that. Remember when a Dreadnought got two attacks? That sucked. Carnifexes used to get, I think, two attacks. Attacks were very, very low in number prior to 8th edition. And I always thought that was stupid. It's like, oh, I got this elite Dreadnought in combat with a bunch of people. Yeah, he might kill two of them. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> It just seems so lame. It's the same thing with the Carnifexes. But now that the Carnifexes are getting, I think they're base 3 attacks. They might be base 4 attacks. And then I always give them the double Scything Talons, makes them a 5th attack. And, um, you know, it's just it's just awesome. And basically when people see these monsters on the tabletop, they're like, oh my god, that's scarier than a 5-man squad of Marines or, or maybe even a 10-man squad of Marines. And... I think the psychological effect of models on the battlefield is very downplayed, and I think it is definitely... I mean the actual psychological effect on the opposing player. When you see some big demon prince or something that you know... I mean, demon princes get, well, like, seven attacks or something with their malefic talons. They, When you see something go in there, and they're hopping across the board, or they're flying, or whatever, they're dodging in and out of terrain and all that... You know that that Carnifex or Demon Prince or Hive Tyrant is just a wrecking ball. It's going to, if you ignore it, it's going to ruin your day. It's going to kill some unit. It's going to cripple some unit. And I just love the idea of having all of these monsters just barreling across the board. I've always played Nidzilla for my Tyranids. Always. Um, the common things I'll bring is like at least three Carnifexes, at least. Uh, a lot of times I'll bring six Carnifexes or nine Carnifexes because I just love Carnifexes. And is that some winning thing? No, it really isn't. I mean, it's I probably have a 50-50 win rate with that because, you know, Melt-A-Guns and things like that can take out Carnifexes pretty easily. But there is definitely an oh-crap moment for the opponent when they see all these monsters across the field. It's going to throw them off their game to some degree. Now, of course, the best players are going to be unfazed by it, but I love the psychological effect of it. And even in 6th edition, it, my Nidzilla list was never, like, crazy good, even with all those Carnifexes, it just wasn't. But the idea still stands that I love psychological effects on your opponents whenever you can do it. Also, these Wrecking Balls are a concentration of force, and they usually have higher toughness, so... When you're talking a squad of Marines or a Carnifex, the Carnifex is toughness 7. It's almost double their toughness. So it's already essentially giving any weapon a minus 1 to wound them, essentially, when you're looking at the averages. Maybe even a minus 2 if it's small stuff like guard las guns or something. And it's going to... Toughness is another thing that I think people overlook a lot of times, too. They talk about wounds, they talk about save, but the toughness 
is the passive defense against everything. It doesn't require a roll. Matter of fact, it's inhibiting your opponent's rolls. And everybody's crazy for minus one to hit, which, of course, the hit roll is the gateway to the wound roll. So, of course, you do want to minimize that as much as possible. But the wound roll is the gateway to the save roll. And you want to roll as few dice as possible. You want them to wound you as few times as possible. So, yes, statistically, a an equivalent squad of Marines to a Carnifex, they have more wounds than that Carnifex. They have a equivalent save to that Carnifex, and they may have better damage output. Probably not, but they might with whatever they're equipped with. But the Carnifex has that extra toughness, which... The infantry weapons are completely benign against, more or less. I mean, you're wounded on fives, you might be wounded on sixes or whatever. Certainly not wounded on fours. You don't have infantry weapon that are strength seven. Totally not. And my third point would be that they serve as a, well, distraction carnifex. They are, this is kind of hand-in-hand with the psychological effect, but they are a serious distraction. If you've got troops on the field, and you've got one or two monsters prowling around, running between cover and line of sight blocking and all of that, especially with obscuring terrain, the monsters are going to be in the back of your opponent's mind, and they're going to be like, geez, I gotta deal with them. I have to. And a lot of times, they will draw the fire of what would normally kill your troops. And a lot of times that's super, super helpful. So, um, also if you give them a buff, like, you know, catalyst or whatever, feel no pain that you can give your, you know, demon prince, carnifex, whatever. It's a lot of fun. So between the psychological effect and the distraction carnifex and the high toughness, I think monsters are probably my favorite unit of the entire game. And my fourth point is that they just look so cool. Monsters, I mean, what is usually the the end boss in a video game? What is usually the end boss in a science fiction movie, or even a horror movie? It's a giant monster. Giant monsters, whether you're talking about Starship Troopers, or the Alien Queen, or any of that, is really, really cool. And just looking at these monsters on the battlefield, they're just so imposing. A lot of them are twice the size of an infantryman. And you're really thinking, wow, that guardsman's going to have a hard time against this Carnifex. And that adds interest to the game, in my opinion. The bigger difference between your models, the more imposing or more scary it becomes. And you can really get into the game a lot better. So I think that's about it. As far as my favorite model, my favorite single model out of all the monsters, man, that is very, very hard to say. Jimmy and I didn't actually discuss this. I would say that my two favorite monster units in the game, just overall, overall, would be Carnifexes and Demon Princes. I've always loved both of them, and especially the Demon Princes have a ton of options for customization. You can make them whatever you want and just call them a Demon Prince. I, I love that. I would probably have to say that for gameplay purposes, for badassery, I would pick the Satan, because Satans are powerhouses, and they are a serious distraction. I love them so much. As far as customization, I would go for the Demon Prince is my favorite, because you really can do whatever you want. Give them different marks and different artifacts and make them a real meatball of violence. And as far as my favorite by looks, um, 
I would probably have to say my favorite monster by looks would have to be the Horospecs. The Horospecs from Tyranids. The guy with the giant mouth that's open and the grasper tongue and all of that. I just think they did a fantastic job with that model. And even though I never take my Horospecs, I always take it as an Exocrine because I magnetized it. Um, Exocrine is way better in in the game. I actually haven't even played a Horror Specs in 8th edition at all, I don't think. Um, I just remember them being terrible. I haven't really looked at the rules, but the Horror Specs is probably the coolest looking monster. So, ultimately, I would say my favorite monster out of the whole game, and this is based purely off looks, because really, to me, Rule of Cool does rule, and I did not mean for that to, to rhyme like that, but... The horror specs would be the coolest looking monster in the entire game, and thus it would be my favorite, even though I don't feel like it's that great in the game. So that is it for the Real Talk with the Pimpcron, and thank you, Jimmy, for spurring this conversation, and I will see you guys next week. Thank you to GameMat.eu for supporting the show, and you should go f- buy some battle mats from them and pre-painted terrain, and they even sell STL files now, which is cool if you've got a printer. So... Go check them out. And also, thank you so much to my Patreon patrons. I greatly appreciate your support. I'll see you all next week.